What's going on guys? Welcome back to Pure Evil and May. It's been a long time. Matter of fact, I checked today. Last time I did a podcast was actually January for McGregor vs. Poirier 2. So I'm back in the studio. I have a lot to talk about. And it really goes with the craziest part is it lines up with UFC 256. So it's almost, you know, God's plan, I guess uh, you could call it. Because the way I look at it, the way I see things is Conor McGregor has not had the eye of the tiger. I have not had the eye of the tiger. So everyone, you know, when I tweet out or when Conor's about to get ready for a fight tomorrow, everyone's asking, are they back? Is Conor back? Is Evil Eddie back? And here's what you have to find the end of the day there's only one thing that a lot of us have to look forward to whether it's and I've said this before in a lot of other podcasts whether it's you know a shitty day at work or you're a young kid and you're yelled at by your parents you're going through a breakup uh you're just having bad luck we have MMA we all unite this is what makes us happy we escape from the world and we all meet up to watch MMA and discuss MMA. Well, for me, I lost that love. You know, I was going through nights with, um, you know, my, my own personal demons, being in a relationship, trying to, you know, not be Peter Pan, trying to be what Wendy wants Peter to be. And, you know, for Conor McGregor, it's, it's very similar. You know, if you look at it, here's how I feel. When I first started podcasting, it was like a little boy in the dice hall. I don't know if you guys seen a Bronx Tale, but if you've watched a Bronx Tale, Claudio, at the beginning of the movie, he sees all these gangsters and they're all having fun. They're making money. They're, they're making money, but not going to work like the other podcasters I saw in the business. And I was like, you know what? I want to do that. I can do that. One day I found my end. I, I connect, you know, I was on Twitter. I connected with a very popular uh, manager. May he rest in peace, Mr. A legend, the king, Brian Levick, who also helped James, um, James Lynch, who was interviewing the same guys at the time. And I've watched guys come and go throughout the years here in this business, like a lot, a real lot. People come and go. And I would say that on a lot of podcasts. I never, ever wanted to be that guy. You know, James stuck with it doing the same thing I'm doing, but then you lose something. I, don't, I can't pinpoint what that something is, but you kind of get distracted. And here's how I put it, going back to a Bronx tale. The beginning of the movie, Claudio sees these gangsters, and he wants to be a part of that crew, and he gets a foot in. He goes in the back halls, and they're playing dice. I think they're playing CeeLo or something. And he finally gets a taste of the life. And he loves it. From that moment on, he is addicted to it. He has an open door to that lifestyle. And I put a lot of work in over the years. Conor McGregor put a There was a hunger there. There was an excitement. It was so real. You could taste it. In my head, it was my destiny's work. Going to broadcasting school. And then watching... You know, I, I was meeting so many people, people that have now become UFC champions. I mean, 
uh, you know, Colby Covington, Sean Shirk, Mayhem Miller I've gotten to interview. I've, I've connected with, uh, you know, Chuck Zito. So, so many people. I mean, the list goes on and on. You guys can check it out, Pure Blum and May on YouTube. But it got to the point where I was looking for something more in my life. This wasn't enough at some point. I felt like life was catching up with me. Kind of like Connor, you know, he's having a baby. He's getting called out for talking to this one, that one. Uh, you know, drinking too much. Not having the eye of the tiger. And it's very easy to lose. If you guys go back and remember when Connor got injured. And in a couple of interviews he would mention. You know, in that time I was able to sit down and I was able to watch fights in a different manner. I was able to, you know, see the movements more in a primal way. As I sat back, I was reflecting on, you know, the podcast. This year, we made it to number 26 or number 27 on the top 40 MMA podcasts you must follow, which are awarded every year. And every year, I would climb and climb and climb. And, guys, I, I want it so bad. There is nothing that has ever made me feel as alive as I once did here doing this podcast with you. It was like we were going through life together. Every weekend there was a fight and there was a lesson to be learned within that, the story that the broadcasters wouldn't talk about, which is what I needed, which is what a lot of you guys needed was that story that, uh, to be relatable, to know that you and Connor will both be laying your head down tonight on a pillow and closing your eyes. And like Dr. Seuss said, when you wake up in the morning, the world's out there. Go and get it. There's lessons to be learned. Dustin Poirier, uh, he was he was talking about it in a couple of interviews. You know, he was hungry. I don't know if you guys seen Fightland. I've been telling everyone to watch Fightland. At one time, it was free on YouTube, uh, or or maybe uh, Netflix. But it was about his come up, and you know, all all through the years, him in you know elementary, middle school, high school, and people would show up at his door. His mom shared a story. Three guys showed up at the door. And confronted Dustin. Dustin came out, whipped all their asses. You know, there's there's a call and there's a hunger to want more. And then when you start seeing it, you start chasing it more. You start believing it. And like Muhammad Ali said at one point, which is why I have his photo right here. Before this fight with Sonny Liston, Muhammad Ali said, actually it was after the fight. I had to believe I was a champion before I could become a champion. You have to believe in yourself. I was around a lot of my friends that made me feel like I, it was stupid to do what I was doing, uh, being a podcaster. And I would tell them all these exciting things, all these exciting people I, I, I was meeting, all these opportunities knocking at the door if I just played, if I just rolled the dice right. And I, I kind of sadly was realizing that maybe I was going to have to be somebody that had to rely on a safety net. I was going to have to set something up where, and you see it happen with a lot of fighters too. These fighters go in there, they train, they're paying you know, thousands of dollars. They get a fight, you know, you make $10,000, it's gone. And you have to work a second job, even in the UFC. You know, you could be the top 20 podcaster, you still got to push forward and make a life and I was starting to believe that you know maybe I should let this go but why 
I made it so far. And you ever see that meme where that guy's digging for gold, digging, 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 and it's right there. Right when he's about to give up, he's about an inch away. He turns around and walks away. Below that is a guy who just keeps pushing. I had to find my reason, why, my purpose to keep pushing. And I finally realized I can't change who I am for somebody else. I can try to better myself. Uh, but where my interests lie with, you know, loving MMA, I don't care what you think about what I do. This is what makes me excited. And if you, uh, these people have never seen it happen before their eyes. They don't get it. They just want you to work the nine to five, which I, I understand. And they want you to give up on your dreams. And we see it a lot. I feel like Connor was right there as well, where he needed to refine his purpose. I needed people. It got to me, man. The, the doubting got to me. The chaos, which once I would thrive in. You know, Teddy Atlas was talking about this fight. And he was like, Conor McGregor thrives in a storm, in the chaos, where the waves are throwing him around. He thrives. That's where you see the Viking Conor McGregor. Right now, you're seeing Conor McGregor in a pond. You lose that sight. You lose that purpose. You lose that drive. You start focusing on this person, that person, this thing. What's the right thing I should be doing? Is this God's plan? And you know what? I've learned this over and over and over again. I could leave tonight or tomorrow morning and I could die. I could have not done this podcast tonight and laid down and let another week go by. I could have let another six months go by. But guys, right now, I feel alive. I'm back here. I'm doing this thing. Conor McGregor, you know, from what I saw tonight at the weigh-in show, it seems like he found that chaos again. Everyone's doubting him. Dustin Poirier puts in all the work, and it just becomes to the point where you push past all the neglect that you're receiving, all the doubts that you had in your head. I posted on my YouTube page, and this was just two years ago, guys. Dustin Poirier, after his fight with Habib, I interviewed uh, his strength and uh, conditioning coach, uh, Der uh, Derek Scott. Was that his name? Wow. I can't, I can't, Derek. I, I can't even remember his name right now, which is unfortunate, but... After that fight with Habib, Dustin said some real shit. He was like, you know what? It's not fighting to me anymore. All this all this talking, all the trash talk, which got to make you big. And, you know, Connor changed the game for a lot of people. But Dustin was giving up on himself. And let me find that for you. All right, Dustin Poirier. This is, if you look at Dustin here. And Dustin now, this almost got half a million views, guys. I posted this one year ago. One year ago. It's just a 15-second clip. And I want you guys to sit there, and I want you to reflect on it just as much as I'm going to be. I haven't watched this clip in a year since I posted it. But I knew that this was important because I saw the struggle every day. I grew up being told I wasn't going to make it to the NFL, that I should settle down and figure out what I was going to do for a career. Dustin Poirier was believing that in the UFC, this close to becoming a champion. 
I was about to quit. Being in the top 20, I could taste it right there. I finally make money doing this thing. Sponsors not gonna like legitimate sponsors interviewing UFC champions, and I wanted to give it all up. And what happened when I gave it up? I became miserable, guys. I became miserable. I lost sight with not just the podcast, but my identity and who I was, and started doubting myself. And right here in this very small clip that Dustin was just sitting on his bed for. You know, he didn't set up an interview. He was just sitting on his bed thinking. And he pressed his record one year ago. And here's what he had to say. If it will play, how about how about that? If it if it will actually play. Disconnect. Okay. Here we go. All the build up for what? For this. Thank you guys for the support. It means a lot to me. If I choose to fight again, I'll be back strong. If not, I'll see what God has in store for me. Thank you. That's it. He was about to quit everything in that moment and you got to ask yourself what brought him back you know there there are interviews that he did where they would be like Dustin Poirier is about to come on the guy who recently lost to Conor McGregor he didn't want to identify as that and that's what it, it became that moment when he started building steam back up and let's actually look at topology for what that for what that moment was 27 and 6 McGregor 22 and 5 uh, I actually saw a tweet tonight McGregor is 3 and 2 since 2018 So let's check this out Dustin Poirier on a two fight win streak all right he beats Dan Hooker great fight I was this was a year ago I was in Atlanta Georgia for this fight wow wow and after that beating Conor McGregor in round 2 obviously TKO, believing in himself once again. But it was after this fight against Habib where he believed in himself and then he lost. And there were a couple of moments in that fight that had me at the edge of my seat feeling alive. Those are the best moments, guys. And I want to just, I wish somebody out there, I would pay somebody, if you know somebody, I would pay somebody to go through my YouTube channel and find all those moments that we've had over the last five, six years. Uh, watching, you know, Cody Nolove come up, watching Conor McGregor come up. Uh, even Max Griffin, who's fighting tomorrow night. Like, guys, I've had on the show coming up before they were in the UFC. Um, Chris Montino. I saw this kid two years ago fighting for CES or Caged. I think it was uh, CES out at the Twin Rivers Casino. Let's actually check it out. He's fighting Sugar Shane O'Malley. Sugar Shane O'Malley also going through the, a similar battle. People doubting him. Let's see here. All right. C yeah, CES. Do that. Where, which one was it? Right here. Andre Yu, uh, Yule versus uh, Dennis Piva, 2018. And I remember that uh, Dennis was preparing for the main event against Andre, who flew in. You know, Dennis was the local guy. And he was building up at one of the best camps you could train at. Let me show you. And he felt like it was his time, man. He felt like it was his time. Andre flew in, and he put on one hell of a performance. One hell of a performance. 
Alright, where, where does he train here? Where does it say his, his fight camp? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Ooh, maybe he's no longer... Wow. That's kind of confusing. I'm not even going to say who he trained with then and throw it under the bus. But one of the best camps you can be with, he felt like it was lined up for him. Andre Yule comes in. He beats him. Submission, dar stroke, round three of five. I interviewed both these guys after. Andre Yule had the excitement that I saw, and I was like, man, next time you're on this podcast, I'm going to guarantee you right now, you're going to be in the UFC. A couple weeks later, he gets that call. Andre Yule was going to the UFC. His dreams were being made. We called it. And now I can sit back and watch these people that came from the same place that I am, but had a dream and put in the hard work, uh, were able to overcome obstacles, were able to wake up every morning excited. And any obstacle in their way, they found a reason and purpose to push through that because that gold was right there. And they weren't letting anyone or anything take away the thousands of hours, the sacrifices that they have made to get as far as they have come. I wasn't going to let that happen. And I feel like UFC 256 is about that life. Uh, listen, I want to go with Conor McGregor here. I'm liking the energy. And if you guys know me, I usually make my predictions off of the energies. I've eaten a lot of acid in my life. so uh, and, and also, shout out for uh, marijuana becoming legal in Connecticut. Yeah. Shout out to that one time that Conor McGregor's coach... Coach Kavanaugh retweeted my video and commented of me calling him out, pretending like he didn't know he was eating weed brownies. All right, so moving forward, guys, let's look at the rest of this card. There's a very interesting fight that I'm really excited about. Greg Hardy versus Ty Tuivasa. Bam, bam, back in it. And I think this is a perfect fight. Greg Hardy facing a lot of adversity, overcoming a lot. And it's somebody that I would never want to get behind and support because of his history with beating women. Can you forgive that? Can you be forgiven for something like that? In my mind, no. You can't. But I can place money on this fight for him or against him. And in this case, I'm really rooting for Garrick Hardy. It might be a little bias here. Let me come out and be honest with you. A couple years ago, Tattoo of Asa was going live. You know, I did the podcast with James McSweeney, who Tattoo of Asa got a victory over before coming signed to the UFC. And I don't know for sure, but I believe Dana Way even met up with James and was like, do you think this kid's ready? And obviously James would have given him the yes because we saw him sign his John Hancock and went in there and made a big splash with the shoey. Everyone's talking about the shoey. Then he gets to the top where he struggles a little bit. And everyone starts losing interest in Tai Tuivasa. During that time, he went live. And I tried interviewing him and, and, and asking him, you know, how would James do in BKFC? And Tai Tuivasa was such a jerk, man. Making fun of my lip ring and just having, having a big old laugh with his boys. Meanwhile, here I am as a, as a, you know, a journalist, not a cookie cutter journalist. I'm quite the character which I understand, but I have never in my life seen a professional act in that manner where it was like, 
you had no respect. It, I saw it right through it, man. He didn't give a, a shit about anyone or anything about, you know, sitting in the seat that he was in, having the interest, having the fans tune into his live. And he got to the point where he was just trolling people. And after a while, man, it gets old and you start losing fights. And we saw it happen with Connor, you know, uh, getting drunk before fights and, and just not being all there. Taito Ivasa, I feel, fell into that same category. And here, this is a great matchup for Bam Bam and Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy challenging himself, trying to go in there against top contenders. You got to do that. You got to see what's beyond where you are to, you know, kind of adjust to that. If if, if you stay at one level and just get used to that level and master that level, you're going to get comfortable. And then when you get in there and someone's up here, you're like, whoa, you can't do that at this level, I guess I should say. Um, Craig Hardy coming in off a loss against Marcin Tavera. Before that, man, he was killing it. You know, two losses since 2019, he's staying active. It's a huge part, which we saw with Dustin Poirier and how, how much of an effect that has on fighters staying active. A lot of people might say that ring rust isn't real. Uh, over the years, I've asked tons of fighters this question, and I'd say 90% of them would agree, but there are those 10% that it, it doesn't. Ring rust doesn't affect them. I saw a guy uh, that was overseas. Matters. I, I think it was the same CES card as Andre Yule and uh, Chris Mantino. Uh, he was a vet, and he had you know he had really bad PTSD, and it was like three years, I believe. It was like three, four years since the last time he stepped in a cage, and he stepped in there, guys, and put on one hell of a performance. So you know there is that ten percent that can do it. Conor McGregor, I don't think, is that 10%. When he was active, he was getting it done. Greg Hardy taking a grape from the vine. And with that lesson, he's he's learned a lot over, over you know, just becoming from the Contender Series till now. When he went into the Contender Series, Dana was like, I don't want to bring you right in. You know, go get a fight and then we'll, we'll discuss it. He put in the work, man. I, you, you can't take that away from him. Despite his, his past history, it's, it's no one I would... You know, want at a family dinner or anything like that until they proved. You know, no, I don't. I don't even think I could say that. If you hit a woman, you're just the lowest form of anything. I've had women hit me, uh, throw glasses at me, uh, insult me, say say the worst thing. You don't do that, man. You don't have self control. If you don't have self control, you should not be in this business. Uh, I do believe that that moment that he went through with that situation, being kicked out of the NFL, it was a turning point for him. And some of us need that. It's it's God reaching a hand down and being like, listen, son, you've lost your way off path. Let's get you back on path. You may never fully be accepted, but in your heart, you will know. And that's all that matters. As long as you know who you are now, the past will never go away. All that matters is right now. And I like that uh, Greg Hardy. I like and I don't like that Greg Hardy chose MMA to do that. You know, it's very a very violent sport. You know, NFL is the NFL is too. Whether you agree with me or disagree with me is on you. But it's kind of hard to praise somebody through violence for growing away from violence. Is that how I should put it here? 
Uh, let me know what you guys think about this on my Twitter. I'm going to be active again. Evil under dash echo. That's E-V-I-L underscore E-C-C-O. Also at pure evil MMA underscore. Let me throw this out here as well too, guys. You know, in the last six months that I haven't been here, my website got purchased uh, by somebody. And he, he even emailed me, reached out to me, letting me know what was going on and asked me if I still had interest and this and that. And that hurt. It was like, wow, Some after all the years and all the hard work and everything I put into this, somebody can just come in and that's what happens. That's what happens. Ask Jose Aldo. Go ask any former champion, man. As soon as you fade away, someone else, there's always somebody else next in line, which is the... The quote, if you guys are long fans of this podcast, that was the quote I used for a very long time, which is what kept me going. Somebody's next in line for what you want to do, that position that you want. Why can't it be you? Why can't it be you? You got to keep that consistency. Man, that was the happiest moment of my life, and I'm sure a lot of fighters would agree with this. It's a mindset that's very hard to hold on to. But when you master it, when you get a lick of that motivation, that purpose, that you're creating yourself, not somebody giving to you or handing to you or you're getting the satisfaction from somebody else that you're putting yourself around, but you yourself personally creating, uh, being proud of yourself for once. That's something I, I believe Dustin had to push past. You know, a lot of the fans were booing him. That can have a huge effect. We see on social media every single day how how much power these trolls truly have. Conor McGregor, perfect example of being a troll and getting into people's head. We see the effect it has. It's it's not just mental. It's very physical. And for a lot of us out here that, that feed into it, it could put you in a slumber, man. And I was in a six-month slumber. And don't get me wrong, there were moments I was sitting here on the couch trying to motivate myself and I just couldn't. I couldn't get myself up to do it. I need that motivation again. And I think it's perfect that the last podcast I did was uh, Dustin versus Connor 2. And uh, I'm feeling the energy that Connor has here. I'm feeling like Dustin has finally got a grip on life and what it means to be where he's at. And Connor. Has got that chaos that he thrives in. And I think it's going to be a great freaking fight. I'm going for Connor on that one. But also Tai Tuvasa, Greg Hardy. Let me know what you guys think about that. Uh, here's another thing we got to discuss as we move forward. Irene Aldana versus Yana Kuzakaya. I believe it was Irene Aldana that missed weight. Or maybe it was Yana. But here's the thing. seven pa- they, they allow seven pounds overweight. What have we seen over the years, guys, when this has happened? A fighter taking advantage, they give up 30% of their purse, but they get the W. They have a huge advantage, and 75% of the time, they get that W. And that has a has a better impact. To be on the main card and, and to miss weight, I feel like there should be no excuses. If you are, and, and this is what's holding me back as well from being you know signed to a big label, you need to show up correct. You need to show up correct. If you say you're going to do something and people are relying on you, you need to show up correct. You're, you're only hurting yourself. You're blemishing your career. 
How do you think Dana White, how, how, how do I think any company is going to look at me if I say I'm going live at 7 and I don't go live till 10? If I have an upcoming fight and I miss weight by 7 pounds, but I still get the support, is that fair? No, it isn't. If you want to be in the best promotion, if you want the support and the backing of the, the kingdom of Oz, you better be understanding what a horse of a different color means. And it doesn't mean showing up late or overweight. It means consistency, constant changing, facing adversity, and still being able to you know, be a chameleon and blend in. And when, when it becomes a circle, don't stay a square. You're still allowed in there. You got to figure it out. That, that, uh, don't make a gif out of that, please. Hey. All right. Also on this card, Sugar Shane O'Malley versus Chris Montino, which I just brought up. Sugar Shane O'Malley, I'm, this, is a, this is a kid that I'm very interested in. If, if, if you guys aren't diehard MMA fans, diehard UFC, and you don't know who Sugar Shane O'Malley is, man, go back and watch some of his fights. He is a very promising fighter. If you like the spin shit, remember that? <laughs> If you like the spinning shit, you're gonna you're gonna love this kid, and he does it at such a high level. This is somebody that uh, loves smoking weed as well. Look at his hair. He's like the way I I, I, I tell people or promote Sugar Shane is like he's the SoundCloud rapper of the UFC. He really is. You know, between his podcast and, you know, there's a lot of people out there that like to tune in and, and, and troll him or this and that. This is a kid that's going through some real shit, that's facing adversity. It's so much harder to get back into the UFC than it is to get into the UFC. Uh, look at Paige Van Zant versus Rachel Ostevich right now fighting for BKFC. BKFC going through changes as well. They became... Like, kind of what the UFC was back in the day where it was, you know, no holds bars, these big grizzly men versus these little crazy kung fu guys knocking out teeth, this and that. And then it became the, the you know, teen magazine. Or now we got the main event, which is Paige Van Zandt, Rachel. I don't know if it's the main event or not. I don't think it is. I have no idea. But listen, Paige Van Zandt, Rachel Ostevich, I know a girl that beat Rachel Ostevich. I know a girl that's been dying to kick Paige Van Zandt's ass. And the fans are behind it. And she's been on the show multiple times and not getting the love that she deserves. If you want violence in a main event versus Paige Van Zandt, it's not going to be Rachel Ostevich, man. Rachel's better on the ground. What, like, Misfit Ferreira should be in this position, not Rachel. And it kind of makes me... Uh, upset. We've we've seen this in UFC for a while. You got to be pretty. You got to be this, that. You got to be CM Punk. You got to have this guy behind you. You got to have this manager. I hate that shit. I hate that shit. Sugar Shane O'Malley going through some adversity right now. Um, just from what he's done himself, saying his last win or his last loss shouldn't be considered a loss. That he came into that fight with like a sprained ankle or something, which everyone jumped on his back for. Um, it's an interesting story. Sugar Shane, I'm, I'm rooting for you, bro. Chris, I'm rooting for you as well. This is a great matchup uh, and definitely deserves to be on this main card. Max Griffin versus Carlos Condit coming up after that or before that. Max Griffin, another guy that we've seen on this podcast three, four times. I have his number in my phone. Uh, where's my phone? Like, guys. My phone's all the way over there. Going up against a legend. 
Carlos Condit. Who remembers the WEC days, Carlos Condit? Another guy with a story getting to a, a, a moment in the late chapters of his book where hmm, maybe I should open up a coffee shop. That, that excites me more. And Carlos Condit is a legend, win or lose. And Max Griffin putting in the work at the welterweight division to get to this point. Shout out to my boy Max, man. He's been through it. Uh, who else on this card? Oh, for that, I, I really want Max to win. It's going to be a great fight. I think Max should come out on top based off of Carlos Condit's past performance. And you know what? If Carlos loses this fight, it might be the time that uh, he hangs it up. Which I, I would hate to see, but I won't lie. I am surprised that Carlos is still here doing this thing. Right, let's actually take a look at his record uh, really quick. For, you, for those of you guys listening to the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever... Go check out the YouTube channel. We are at uh, 3,000 subscribers right now, which, wow, three-fight win streak. Hey, who sees, did anyone see? Whoa, mosquito landing on the microphone. Three-fight win streak, uh, 2020 against Court McGee. Another great story right there. Uh, 2021 against Matt Brown, UFC and ABC1. Wow. Uh, And then uh, Underground 23 beating Jake Ellenberger. Via heel hook. It's a great win. But this fight right here. Max Griffin, man. Coming up through the podcast. Another one that I got to get behind. Ryan Hall coming up on that season. Ultimate Fighter season 22. The, uh, what did Uriah Faber call him? The Magician or something like that. Man, I got behind him. A kid that came up with Tourette's trying to overcome that. And you, you see it backstage. You know, he, he's all tweaking out and shit. But is able to get a grip. And there's something about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which I have so much respect for. And it has to do with, you know, obviously learning honor, respect, integrity, but also coming in touch with who you are, the earth, your your soul, your third eye. The most interesting interview I've ever done in my life was with Robert Emerson. And we talked about conspiracy theories and uh, a hollow earth theory, um, microdosing on, on acid and mushrooms and uh, the 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 emerald tablets, uh, Admiral Bird. It was the most uh, uh, crazy interview I've ever. And when I say crazy, most eye opening, real interview I've ever done. It sounded like it came off an episode of uh, Ancient Aliens. And anyone that's able to open the third eye, as you guys know, I love LSD. I probably have some LSD around here somewhere. Actually, let's see, guys. Uh, 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 should I take some? I'm deaf. <laughs> I've had this for a while. I've been waiting to take it. I've been waiting to take this. I think there's like two or three hits of acid here. I don't know if I should show it on screen. There's two right there <laughs> off a of Rick and Morty tab. This could be crazy if I do this. If Listen, if I do this, guys, we're going live tomorrow night. And we're doing a fight companion. 
And if I'm already having all this, uh, <laughs> am I doing this right now? I'm doing it right now, I guess. All right. Oh my God, I just dropped it inside my keyboard. Are you kidding? That's okay, I'll take another piece. Oh no, it's right here. All right, uh, cheers to the future. Here we go. Tomorrow night, we are doing the podcast and we are gonna be vibing. And you guys better tune in. Hopefully, I'll get a couple of my friends to uh, join me with this. But either way, what I want to experience with this, you know, reading all these uh, biographies I got over here with Derek Jeter coming up as a child, believing his dreams. I've talked about on a lot of podcasts. You guys know where I'm at with that. Tomorrow night is going to be a night of, it's going to be so real, man. It's going to be so real. And Conor Gregor. You know, just to get in his mind and thinking about what he's going to be going through as he waits tonight, right now, is some Conor McGregor somewhere right now, mentally preparing for this fight. Tai Tuivasa, Greg Hardy, Max Griffin, Carlos Condit, Nico Price, Ryan Hall, Jessica Evilai, Brad Tavares. All these people are out there right now, sitting there trying to get their minds right, trying to get focused and settled and find themselves within that moment. And the one person that does the best at being able to achieve what somebody would achieve when they do take acid, uh, being able to see the movements and understanding it not just as movements, but as a, a primal fight. You know, a, a, an alligator versus a grizzly bear. Whatever you want to call it. That would be kind of crazy. But that's what tomorrow night's going to be. And you don't you don't need any of this. You just need to listen to what I was saying beforehand. Those are the stories you're not hearing, guys. Those are the stories you are not hearing. ESPN tell you. Ariel Hawani tell you. Uh, Ariel actually does a really good job. But I feel like there's too many cookie-cutter journalists out there that aren't like me. Man, I'm not afraid to be myself. Joe Rogan, not afraid to be himself. There's a lot of people out here that are just cookie cutters with the same questions, the same outlooks, week after week. It gets old after a while. So I hope with my return and a little bit of a little bit of that, tomorrow night you guys will tune in to the most memorable fight companion I've ever put on edge your seat action that we live for after a long week of work getting yelled at by your girlfriend going through a breakup just having a bad week this is the night we all meet up in one spot on twitter at evil under dash echo that's evil underscore ecco i'll also be using hashtag ufc 264 it's crazy to say 260 264 las vegas nevada 13 fights, guys. Main card going down at 10 p.m. So weird, man. Looking back. Let's look back at Conor McGregor's career. You know, I remember a summer around this time where we go into the Diaz 2 fight. And the magic that happened. Nate Diaz 2. Uh, the Eddie Alvarez fight. Conor McGregor able to capture that. 
the most, the closest we've, the clearest we've ever seen somebody master the matrix. Seriously. Say what you will about the trash talk, but for me, Conor McGregor lost sight for a while, which I keep saying throughout this podcast, where it was more about the character, Conor McGregor, not the person, Conor McGregor. He thought he was invincible. Messing up a relationship with the one girl that stood by his side, having children. One woman even one woman came out saying that she had Connor's baby too. Connor hitting an old man in the bar. It's not about the trash talk anymore, guys. It's about the growth of who the fighter is and the lessons we can take out of it and put them into our own lives. If there's one thing I've ever done on this podcast, it's try to paint that picture for you guys to excite you. And in those moments, and this is why I love MMA, it's because there's a there's a time clock in that moment of everything that you've been going through coming down to this and how you're able to perform, how you're able to react, how you <sighs> tomorrow night, man. I just got the first wave of the excitement. And tomorrow night, I really hope you guys join me here, Pureval MMA, on YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. We're going to be going live here on Twitter. Uh, I just realized I got rid of Periscope, but make sure you guys go on Twitter. Give me a follow. Subscribe to the podcast. I'm going to be uploading it right after this on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Wow, it's been so long since I've said that. And cheers to you guys to the return of the Pureval MMA podcast with sponsors shout out to hero soap company i'm back guys now we just got to find out if connor's back cheers that does it for this episode of period of all may remember whoo without evil there's no purity White knuckles till the end. Behave yourselves.